Good morning, church. Uh, I'd say I'm super excited to be up here this morning. Pastor Curtis and his family are gone at their family vacation. As you can tell, so then there's like a full section missing. Uh, there's a lot of them. Uh, so we do pray for Pastor Curtis and their family. are praying that they receive rest and they have safe travels coming home. If you don't know who I am, I, my name is Brett. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. Usually you won't find me on stage or in front of the camera. I'm usually behind the camera in the sound booth. But I will have to say I'm super blessed to be able to be up here because of our team that we have. Lauren and Callie and Riley and Josh and Caleb, there's so many people that are involved with helping us to do church online. And so I want to say thank you guys. Thank you for everything you do. Man, I'm emotional today, so here we go. <clears throat> the worship really got me. All right, so if you would stand for the reading of the word. Today's reading is found in John chapter 10, starting in verse 22. It says this. Then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's colonnade. Then Jesus, who were there, who was there gathering the Jews, let me say this again, the Jews who were there gathering around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered him, I did tell you, but you did not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. For my sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand, and I and the Father are one. Lord Jesus I just pray that you speak to each and every one of us this morning. And my biggest prayer this morning is that we never forget the voice of our Father. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. A couple of weeks ago after second service, I was walking in the back connection kids area down the hall to go pick up my son out of class. And I heard this young man call out my name. And so I turn around and I see him and he's like, Brett, hey, man. And then I had that moment. I'm like, Hey, he said, you remember me? I'm like, no, no, but he was super nice because then he told me his name and told me who he was. Hey, I'm Gary. It was one of our youth that moved off and I hadn't seen him in a few years. I'm like, oh my goodness, Gary, you grew up. You look totally different. You have muscles. Your voice is really low. I did not recognize you. And we, it was such a good moment, a good reunion. We got to get uh, swipe phone numbers, and it was so cool to see them. But man, don't you, isn't that, that's a frustrating moment when you can't remember somebody, right? And then back in the day, we used to have this problem all the time. Before we had caller ID, people would call you, a friend would call you, be like, hey, what's up? How's it going? You're like, good. They're like, you don't rem- remember who this is? You don't know my voice? Like, no, it's... Like I said, it's been a while. I have forgotten what you sounded like, and then they get offended. Luckily enough for Color ID, that doesn't happen very often these days. But like I said a while ago, my prayer, this is one of my biggest fears. I pray that I will never forget the voice of my Father. That I will never forget his presence and know what his presence feels like in my life and moving and showing me the blessings in life, to showing me when the season's ending and maybe when a new season is beginning. You know, this is kind of also I've seen in marriages can be the root problem of, very, of many issues in marriages is this. 
in the busyness of life, of jobs, of going to each and going to all of our jobs, making money, trying to pay our bills, trying to take care of the little ankle biters that are running around to all the different sports and all different things they have. This is all good things, right? We love them. But then in the mess of all that, we forget why we're doing what we're doing. And we forget the love that we have for one another, the puppy love that we had at the very beginning. I remember (laughs) my wife and I, I was telling her I was going to tell this story. Um, I remember being young and in love. And then when we were in public, we would always just search for a place, like maybe behind the Coke machine, where we'd just kiss each other. And we, I'll never forget that because I tell you, we still do it, but we do it not in public. We do it at our house, and we're trying to run away from the kids to find a moment where we can just kiss each other. I never want to forget that love that we have for one another. And I don't want to forget the moment in our very first house, about 900-square-foot house. And I was just in the very beginning week or two of really walking with Christ once again in my life. And I found myself going into the kitchen, putting some music in my ear, and just worshiping, because that's all I knew I needed to do. I just That's all I needed to start with is worship. And I began with praising God. I said, God, I'm sorry for all the things I've done. You are worthy. Thank you for always being with me. Forgive me of my sins. And then as I asked for forgiveness of my sins, I just felt him leading me through this process of walking with him to seeing myself the way he sees me, feeling my sins being taken away. And then in that moment, I just felt this powering of his Holy Spirit. And then it was like I stepped behind the veil to the most holy. And honestly, I didn't want to even open my eyes because it felt like I was just like begin to float because I just could feel his presence. And that was the day that I know worship wasn't something I did. That was the day that worship became what I do. It's just who I am. Today, I'm thankful to be doing part two of our value series and to talk to you about worship, which is a value we have here at Connection. And to understand what worship is, we first got to talk about what worship is not. Worship is not a type of music. If worship is only music, then we can categorize it into styles and into volumes. We can produce it. We could package it. We can market it. If worship was only music, then we could judge it as pleasing or maybe appropriate, or we could judge it as displeasing or inappropriate. If worship is only music, then we could decide whether we will engage in worship based on our own preferences and our own moods. And when that happens, worship becomes a thing for people and not for God. And worship is for God. But but what music is, music is a great vehicle for worship. So let me ask you, if, if my mouth was singing worship, but my heart was not engaged, am I worshiping? If I was singing a song, a song of love, but my spirit is in, is dead in unbelief, am I worshiping? Mark 12 gives us this charge in verse 30. It says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Well, music helps us do this because music, it helps us move our bodies, Right? Man, a couple of weeks ago, I bought this Selena t-shirt, and it's my favorite shirt right now, because one of my favorite things is, every time I wear it, when I come around people, what do they start doing? 
they start doing the washing machine. They start moving their hips. They start dancing. Yes, I did that. <laughs> and if you're around my generation, when you hear sync, bye, 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 what do you want to do? Just want to, right? There you go, Renee. <laughs> I saw that. And then for my dad, when the song Boogie Shoes comes on, oh, man, here we go. <laughs> Music helps us move our bodies. It makes us want to move, to sway, to dance. Music also moves our soul. Have you ever heard a song that made you want to cry? Or a song that made your heart glad? I know you all experienced it because a couple of weeks ago was July 4th. And what happens at the very end of the fireworks? They play God Bless America. And that song can make cheap fireworks amazing. Because when it's saying God Bless America, you start swelling up, you stand up. God bless America. <laughs> it's the best part of the fireworks is that song. Music also moves our spirits. We read in 1 Samuel chapter 16, it said, when David would take a harp and play it with his hand, then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. So music helps us to love God, just like the Mark 12 asks us to. It helps us to love God with every part of ourselves, with all of our body, with our soul, and our spirit. Oh, it's music. What an amazing vehicle for worship. So, but what is worship? One, worship is communicating and demonstrating his worthiness. The word worship is compressed from the old English term worth-ship. Worth-ship. And it literally means to give something worth. So our worship communicates more to the world than you realize. Our worship shows the world how valuable our God is. Worship demonstrates that we have a Savior worth loving, worth living for, and if need to be, worth dying for. Church, you are a worship leader to those around you. Lead them to worship Jesus by demonstrating that he is worthy of our worship, that he is worthy of our praise. Well, praise, let's talk about what praise is. Praise, let me tell you, is not a feeling, it's an expression. An expression is the process of making something known, right? Praise is, it shows, it's an expression. And I know every day, whenever I go home, I look at my wife's face, and based off her expression, determine, tells me the temperature of our house at that moment with the kids, right? I can real quickly find out if I need to start cleaning, or maybe I can go play outside, or whatever it is I need to do, right? I'm very blessed, too, because my kids, every time I get home, they come running up to me, and my youngest, Scarlett, who's four, she comes, and she has her hands up, and she just wants to be in my lap. There's times I'm on my phone in my truck, and she opens the door and sits in my lap before I can even get out. She just has her hands up. She just wants to be with me. The expression shows her love that she has for her daddy. I'm so thankful for it. My son's just started playing flag football, and he's still trying to figure out what football really is. But then in one of his games, he scored a touchdown, which was crazy. But he scored a touchdown. And afterwards, we had our hands up. We're like, good job, dude. You did it, man. See, praise is an expression of approval, but more specifically, it is an expression of gratitude and thanksgiving. 
We read in Psalms 100, verse 4, it says this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go to his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Church, our worship should always begin with expressing praise of gratitude and thanksgiving towards God. Because why? Because praise, we praise God because of who he is. Sometimes our circumstances are good. Sometimes our circumstances are bad. But no matter what our circumstances that change, God does never, he never changes and the character of God never changes. So we will enter his gates with praise because of who he is, because he is worthy. We will also express praise because of what he has done for us in our lives. It's another thing I am thankful for music because you can hear a song and it can remind you of a moment in your life when God was there, right? It triggers a memory. Every time the song Strong Enough comes on by Matthew West, I think of the moment driving home with my wife with the drive field, thinking of McDonald's, and the song came on. We're driving home from the hospital because she just had her first miscarriage. I remember thinking that moment, hey, babe, we got this. And she felt the Spirit of God just strengthening her. We did have two more children after that. I remember the song, The Anthem by Jake Hamilton. I used to ride around at night in my bicycle and just worship in my ear. And this song came on for the first time. And it's saying, God, you're looking for someone. Send me. And I've heard those lyrics, those words saying, send me. That became the song that sparked my heart, my life change to go and enter into ministry. I remember the song, Great Are You, Lord, by All Sons and Daughters. Because that song was the, song, the last song that my wife and I remember playing in the background while we were doing, while my wife was giving birth at our house, while we were doing our home birth. Right before my daughter was born, we hear the words, is your breath in our lungs. Whew. So I will praise God because of what he's done in my life. And I'm so thankful for music for giving me that memory. So we will enter the gates with thanksgiving and with praise. Because why? Because we will dem- we want to demonstrate that you are worthy, God. You are worthy of our praise because of who you are and because of what you have done. And then we read in Psalms 22, this in this church, it says, you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. Whenever the people of God praise, God comes. And he lives with his people in his praise. So whenever you begin to praise, I think back when the Israelites were walking around the desert where they had the tent of meeting, right? The tabernacle, right? And then they had the ark. And then God would come and rest in the most holy among the ark and dwell with his people. And from the scriptures tell me that God comes and dwells in our lives based off of our praise, Our praise builds a throne for our Father to come dwell in our lives. So church, I will ask you this question. Is your praise building a big enough throne for him to dwell in your life? I would love to have a really small Connection Kids chair with me right now. And to ask you, is our praise, are we building a a throne for God? Is it a small chair? Or are we building a throne for our big God 
that can hold his weight in our lives. Because I know if, if I had to sit in a Connection Kids chair, I don't want to be there for very long because I don't feel very welcomed because it's a small chair. I will praise you with thanksgiving because I want to build a throne for my father to rest in my life because he is worthy. Another, exam- another reason why we worship is worship is an expression of intimate love. A Greek word often translated as worship is the word pros- proskenu. I hope I said that right. Proskenu. And there are many shades of this meaning, of this word. One is the concept of prostrating oneself before God, basically to lay on your face, to get on your, ba- to get on your belly and bow down. The another meaning of it is to adore to love him deeply and respectfully. We just touched on that in the first point. And a third meaning of this word is to kiss hands towards someone. And if men, if you're like me, when I heard that, I'm like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm not kissing no one during worship. I'm not kissing. And if this is your first time here, you're like, I don't know about this church. I'm not coming to worship and we're not, I'm not kissing people, right? Because why? Because kissing, it's an expression of intimate love right? And in our human relationships, the more intimate the relationship, the more passionate the expression of affection. (laughs) My sister, whenever I'm going to kiss my sister, first off, we're going to be in a side hug, and I'm going to kiss her on the head with the the hair. It's probably not going to be a cheek or a forehead, and it's going to be a... (laughs) I love her, but that's probably all she's going to get from me. (laughs) Now with... My little daughter, and we're with any of our babies, our children when they were babies, what the heck? Their whole bodies were the had the opportunity to be kissed on, right? You get their little feet, and you just want to kiss those feet, eat them, those little thighs, see those little fat on their thighs and their belly, and right, you get their hands and you eat their hands and you pull their cheeks and you eat them, right? Is that just me? <laughs> I just wanted to kiss her all over. I just love them when they're so when they're babies. Jude, he's eight. Um, he, I think I can get a, I can, can get a cheek out of him every now and then and a forehead. We're still good. And then Kennedy, she's not teenage. If I get a forehead, we're good. Um, but I'm thankful for that. Now, my wife, we have a different kiss because she's one of my most important relationships in my life. Our kisses are more intimate. They're more passionate. And honestly, we have a kiss that we have at home and we have a kiss that we do in public. And I love it, though, when I'm holding on to her, and I kiss her, and I come back, and I look at her, and sometimes I get these looks, and she smiles, and it takes me back when we're in high school, and we're in the puppy love. I'm thankful for that, to have that memory, right? I see her expression of love towards me. Scarlett right now, too, she's four. And this past year, we're li- I was listening to some music, uh, Voice Avenue. They do covers to songs. They do acoustic versions. And they, I played a song they did of uh, My Girl. And it was a pretty awesome song, the way they did it. Scarlett was listening to it. She's like, I like this song. I go, well, let me tell you what it means. So I started explaining to her the lyrics to her. And she goes, oh, this is our song, Daddy. I was like, you bet you it's our song. <laughs> and then just a month back, we're in our car. And she says, hey, Daddy, why don't you play our song? So I played it, and about halfway through, I look in the review mirror and look at her face, and she sensed that I was looking at her, and she just goes. (laughs) (laughs) So then I'm just like. (laughs) I just feel her love. 
when she looks at me that way, when we're playing that song, that she's my girl and that I'm her father. Church, Jesus doesn't come to church because he loves church. And he doesn't meet you in your prayer closet because he just loves prayer that much. He meets you there because he loves you. And he didn't go to the cross because he loves the cross. He went to the cross because he loves you. He just wants to see you look at him this way, with love in your eyes, and nothing ministers to his heart more. So why do you come to church? Do you love the music? Do you love the message, the, tra- the tradition, the community? Or do you go because you love Jesus? When love is the motivation of your heart, everything you do becomes worship. Worship also is ministering to God, to ministering to God. So another Greek word for, the, for worship is the word latrio, which means to minister to God. To understand how to minister to God, we must first know who we are and what our job description is. So real quickly, to know who you are, we are children of God, God, children of God, John 1. We are conquerors, Romans 8. We are chosen and dearly loved, Colossians 3. We are citizens of heaven, Philippians 3. We are the redeemed, Galatians 3. We are saints, Ephesians 1. We are a holy nation, 1 Peter, and we are a kingdom of priests, Revelation 1. Now, whoa, priest. We are priest. I don't know if I've ever really actually soaked that in. So I really understand what priests do. As we read in Revelations 1, John's saying, he has this vision from God saying, I'm creating a kingdom of priests, of people who call on me, who accept me as Christ, as their Lord. I will create them to be a priest. So then we got to figure out who are priests and what do they do? Well, if we jump back to the very beginning, when the Israelites were running around the desert, right? And then Moses went on top of the mountain to get the Ten Commandments from God, and he walks down, and everyone's just going crazy. They wanted to build their own gods out of gold. And then Moses, he throws the Ten Commandments down, and he basically draws a line in the sand and says, who's with me? The Levites were the only ones that stepped across. Well, later on, whenever God's giving them the instructions on how to build this tabernacle, um, he says to the Levites, he gives them the job of priests. He says in Exodus chapter 19, he says, Now therefore, if you have faithfully obeyed my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my special possession out of, out of all the nations. For all the earth is mine, and you will be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So here we are finding God saying, okay, Levites, you are going to be my priest. Now, if we jump to Numbers 1, God tells them what their job description is. And it's kind of a long scripture, so I'll just wrap it up real quickly. What he says is they are to set up, to tear down, to transport, to guard, and tend to the ministry of the tabernacle. So the priests steward the tabernacle. The tabernacle, if you don't know, means tent. So in this time, they will always refer to as the tent of meeting. So a priest set up the place where God and people come together to meet. And then if we jump all the way to New Testament to 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, you are being built up into a spiritual house. Because when we receive Christ into our hearts, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. So we become like a tabernacle 
a, pl- a meeting place for God. So church, I will tell you, you are a walking, breathing tabernacle. And wherever you go becomes a spot where people have an opportunity to meet God. Wow. This is our priestly job description. We, should, we steward people's meetings with God. That means we can help lead people to experience Jesus. Now remember, that word latrio does not mean serving man. Worship is not for man, it is for God. But we also have to keep in mind that serving God means we serve his desires, and his desires are people. So every so often, my wife and I, we need a date night, right? And then if you go to those really fancy restaurants, what does the waiter do for you before you even sit down? He prepares the table. He puts the plate there and the silverware and the napkins. There's multiple cups and multiple forks. And I really don't know what they're all for, but I do know that one of them's for water. And when they seat you down, they pull your chair out, kind of tuck you back in there too. Sometimes those really fancy ones, they pop the napkin in your lap. And then they, hey, what can I get you? Can I get you something to drink? An appetizer? And of course, I'm always like, yeah, chips and queso, right? That's my favorite. And then they go and get us food. And then they refill our food, uh, refill our drinks and get us our food. They clean the table. They take the plate away from me. They're serving me. And I mean, I really don't like the servers. If you're one of these, please pray. Because you know those servers that sit with you? And they're like, hey, let me just sit with you. Let's get, let's get comfortable. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Whoa. This, this is our time. This is my wife and I's time. I know they're trying to be friendly and they're trying to woo us for a good tip. And now we start laughing. <laughs> Dude, I'm not here for you. <laughs> I'm here for my wife. And we are the waiter. And Jesus, who is the groom, and we are the bridegroom. We are serving an opportunity for others to experience Jesus. So what type of waiter are we? Because real easily, we feel like, man, we see someone, they're connecting with God. What can I get them? And then we just get in the way. But our job is not to get in the way or to take control, but our job is to set up a place, a meeting place for others to experience Christ in their lives. That is our priestly job description. So I want to challenge you this week to view the circumstances of your day as ordained appointments. And as God brings people across your path, see it as an opportunity to pitch the tent of meeting and see what God will do. And church, this is worship. This is true worship. I'll end, uh, I'll come to an end with our, our message today with the story of the true worshiper that I found in Scripture. We'll read about her in Luke 7. And as Jesus enters into this house, this woman was so overtaken with love and her gratefulness for her father that she began to weep at the fact that his feet are dirty and that no one washed his feet. So she begins to cry for him because he is so much, he's so worthy, his feet need to be cleaned. That she begins to weep over this. And her tears begin to go on his feet. So then that begins the cleaning process of his feet. And then she goes and takes her hair and she begins to wipe his feet clean based off of her, with off of her tears. And if you read in 1 Corinthians 11, it says that a woman's hair is her glory. Church, this woman used her glory 
as a rag to serve Jesus. If only we would humble our glory to serve his body instead of wearing our glory as crowns for our own beautification. As the woman wiped Jesus' feet with her hair, she kissed them repeatedly. She she was cherishing the feet of her Savior while others had dishonored him. She then took expensive oils and poured them onto Jesus. What humility. A demonstration of value, of worth. An expression of love and what worship she gave Jesus that day. Jesus felt loved. Only once in the whole Bible did it say that Jesus ever felt loved, and the person who showed him love was criticized and mocked for doing so. If we would only love Jesus so well. That's ministering to God. So as I started this message in John 10, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. I'm very thankful for many people coming up to me and say, Brett, I love watching you worship. I'm like, oh, thank you. But I tell you, my personal worship, my worship is big, and it's big for a reason, because he is worthy, and he deserves a chair that's big enough to hold his weight because I want him to come rest in my life and feel like I made a spot that he, that's just for him, and I want him to dwell here. I want him to feel comfortable here because he is worthy. My worship is big because I am creating a space for my children to experience God. There are times when I'm worshiping at home, I'm playing music, they're like, oh, dad is worship music. They might not like it at the time, but I will know as they grow up, if they experience a moment when they're going through a hard time and they need God's presence in their life, they'll know what to do. They'll turn on the worship and they'll begin to worship because he is worthy. And I worship because I never want to forget his voice in my life. I never want to forget every time whenever I begin to worship, I come with thanksgiving. I remember the cross. I'm washed away from my sins. And then it's like his, his Holy Spirit empowers me. Then I feel his Jesus' prayer for me as his presence becomes so evident in my life. And then it's like I'm in the most holies. He is worthy of our praise, church. If you'd stand and the altar team would come forward. My prayer for you this morning is that you maybe even come up for prayer and begin with thanksgiving. To give him praise for everything he's done in your life. I pray that you allow him to move in your heart. To give you strength. That I pray that you would be remembered of times when Jesus moved in your life. And I pray that you experience his goodness in such a way that this morning you'll never forget it. And as you go home, as you're driving home, I want to encourage you, church, turn on the music for your family. Pitch the tent a meeting for your family in the car. That's worship. Give them praise. Give them thanksgiving. And serve people around you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for worship. I thank you for baptism. I thank you for this community, this place that we can come together to worship you because you are worthy of all of our praise. Jesus, I thank you for all the things you've done in my life. I thank you for music to giving me the opportunity to remember these things so I can dance, I can move, I can shout, I can praise your name. And Jesus, I just pray that we, when we leave this space, that we'll just never forget how we feel when you're in our lives. 
may we wake up daily looking towards you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.